0: Listeners, and welcome once again to the Slant Hallway. Same hallway, same slant. Every week. Every single week. You know, the thing about being the head writer for the most successful radio program in the southern part of Milwaukee is that there's no peace, no quiet. Every time I walk down the street, it's, Hey, you owe me money. Or, sir, that table's reserved. You know, sometimes I just wish I could get away from the celebrity. Step out of the limelight. But then I remember all of you, and I realize just how much better my life is than just about anyone else who has ever lived. However, as we are speaking of escaping, I should mention tonight's story, which follows the wild adventure of Olivia Rainsford. Get this, she's a woman hunter. That is, a hunter who is a woman, not a hunter of women. That'd be an awful story. A person hunting another person? They'd be too evenly matched. It would just be boxing, but with guns at a greater range. What would it be called? Long distance gun boxing? Anyway, here's the most dangerous day.
1: Oh, well, good evening there. I'm Mike Brittle and this is the Brittle Battle. I'll put on a kettle as we settle in the saddle and little, a little later. Now, imagine an imaginary menagerie of images all in mind and in line with imminent danger. Well, that's the life of Rainsford's wife.
2: I'm not married, unless you mean to the hunt.
1: Nah, silly Sally, don't dilly-dally. We've got to really rally if we're going to get through this interview. I have an imminent curfew. Now, to return the point of view to you, which animal did you most recently issue?
2: Was there a question?
1: Well, in plainest speech, I beseech to each of your most recent goals, those being that which you have most recently filled with holes, upon your list, which animal fits now decent as most recent.
2: Oh, I killed a water buffalo.
1: In, Af- in Africa?
2: Oh, yes. You see, my adventures have taken me over most of the world.
1: Globetrotten.
2: I'll just keep going for a little bit. Uh, yes, I've hunted down nearly every creature on this planet, from the elephants of the Sahara to the elephants of Thailand, to even some things that aren't elephants at all. Packing in
1: packadoms for the pound.
2: Almost done. See, it was always my dream as a little girl to either be a princess or world's greatest huntress. Unfortunately, all of the German princes got married and then quickly deposed for some reason. A few years before, I was born
1: or the price of princes. I
2: really feel I should be doing this on my own. Now I bet if I let you wander long enough, you'd eventually get to my next trip, where I'll be headed to the Amazon.
1: Of the amazing Amazon, thousand miles long, they're a Alright, I'm are... just
2: going to start talking over you. I and my assistant, John Whitney, have been tasked with not hunting, but finding one of the last of the rare schluck eagles. A vibrant, multicolored bird, once found only deep within the bosom of the American rainforest. Now found next to nowhere.
1: Next to nowhere and vexed to nowhere. I'm not done! Neither am I.
2: So the brittle brattle has become an actual battle.
1: Round the roof and ragged talk, you know not the rat you
2: brought. Oh, though austere and fearless seeming, peerless still with writer's teeming, you must have put your stock in dreaming to pick a night with me this evening.
1: Now I know what I have said, and I say it loud, lack and dread, for others too I'm far ahead. With words I am not trifled, though rhyming may be a strong suit, I assure it's not my pursuit. How often I have thought since this job my father bought a chance to speak like normal men, To speak with them now and then, without concern for A and B. Even now that dangling sea must be resolved presently. Only then consider my speech fine. Touché. Now, I understand that you've been tasked with tracking down a bird.
2: Yes, I just explained that.
1: No, I, I, Oh, I'm sorry. I've only just begun the interview. And voila. Okay, tonight we have Olivia Rainsford, a huntress extraordinaire whom the British International Association of Wildlife Experts believe is the only person with the skill necessary to find what could be the very last Chinook eagle in the world.
2: That was remarkably concise. However, there is one thing you've got wrong.
1: Oh, your name?
2: No, it's not that.
1: Oh, is it pronounced like, brightish? Like there's only a little light?
2: No, it's that I'm not going to just find the Chinook. I'm going to kill it.
1: No, but it's the very last one in existence. That is, if it exists at all.
2: Precisely why it belongs in my study between my stuffed panda and my mother.
1: Oh, you still live at home?
2: No, I just had her stuffed for fun. Not much of a hunt, though. I plugged her once in the shoulder and then she just kind of collapsed. Mind you, this was around Thanksgiving, so her hands were full. But you have to get your prey when they least expect it.
1: Now, when exactly do you suppose the Chinook will least expect it?
2: Well, if it's anything like my mother, it'll be after the grace, but before the gravy.
1: Ah, riveting stuff. <laughs> what a story, what a hunt. Uh, what to do to die today at a minute or two till two I think distinctly hard to save and hard to still do. And right, I'm Mike Brittle and this has been the first installment of the brittle battle. Uh, be sure to check back in after the advertisement and to miss Rainsford and her sister Whitney best and bunter.
0: What in the world was that? Why would they have me set this up if the first five minutes of the story is all set up? And why are all these limerick dictionaries in the office? How long is this thing? An hour and a half? No, no, that'll never do. Let's see if I can't chop this thing down to about a half an hour. What, do they think radio waves can just travel infinitely when given sufficient power? All right. All right, now we don't need any of that stuff about her motivation, nor do I think anyone would care for her assistant's backstory. And then we'll get rid of the long exposition and any scene without action. All right, good. That'll do. Now, listeners, we rejoin Olivia and John Whitney, not on a long steam voyage where they make the hunt analogous to man's hunt for meaning in life, but instead deep in the Amazon already three quarters of the way toward the Chinook.
2: That was a close one. John, are you all right?
3: Oh, are well, any of us? Well, you know, it's a strange thing that it's when we're so close to death that we feel the most alive. Not now, John. We've got to wing it a winged anaconda to
2: rearrange and also a bird to hunt.
3: Oh, funny, funny. Oh, why does the caged bird sing?
2: John, put down the notebook. I swear you're the worst gun caddy I've ever had. Don't think you'll be getting a tip. Now, are we anywhere near its last known position? Uh,
3: according to the chat...
2: I don't need a chart, John. Get me the maps. There, see? These have a grid. I prefer the grid. Now, according to this map, we're about to walk into a giant letter B, uppercase, to be precise. So B on the lookout.
3: Oh, that's the word. Brazil.
2: Thankfully, we've been able to avoid most of those vowels.
3: Well, actually, uh, here's the thing.
2: I had no idea there was a thing. Had I known about a thing, I'd have asked about it.
3: Uh, Well, there is. And uh, the thing is... Oh, well, we aren't near the bird's last known position. We are rather close to the last known location of the last explorer who saw it.
2: So we're close to a place where someone was, not when they saw something, but when they last reported having been somewhere?
3: Uh, correct.
2: Well, that's great news. Who is it?
3: Uh, Johannes Heckengrouper of the Swedish Expeditionary Force. He's the foremost expert on the Chinik.
2: Where is he?
3: Oh, well that's his head there, and uh, those are his arms tied to that tree. Oh, uh, and I have no idea where the legs are.
2: Oh wait, what's that?
3: A why it can't be? I do believe it is! looked droppings.
2: And only several years old at that. Now, if we really wanted to make the most of this, we'd have to carefully gather data about the droppings. But I really don't feel like it. If only there was someone, anyone in this whole rainforest who could help us.
3: Ah, well, what about the natives?
2: I assume their language is far too different from our own to even begin to attempt communication. No, the only person that could help us is, or rather was, Johannes. But the damn fool thought it'd be better to rip himself apart than wait around for a rescue team. Yes, if he were alive, he'd be able to point us in the right direction.
3: Oh wait, his arms! That's with his arms? No, 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 I, I, I mean, look at his arms. They're in the tree, they're pointing.
2: You're right, they are pointing. Oh, but an arm is so broad and non-specific, the bird could be anywhere in that direction. Oh wait, his head! Not now, John! Look at his finger! It's pointing at a spot as specific as the tip of a pencil. Now just to follow the line of the finger and what-ho! There! Among the leaves! You're right! It, it, it
3: can't be!
2: But indeed it is! A can on a string! And you know what that means?
3: We can follow the line of string back to a base camp which may have people or, at the very least, precious supplies which will allow us to further our journey. Or, better yet, they may have information on the location of the Chinook.
2: No, wrong again! We could just pick up the can and talk into it and get all the information we need. Hello? Hello? You see, John, it worked!
3: Uh, why don't I think their voice is coming from the kin?
2: Nonsense! Where else could it be coming from? The other side of this here brush. Of course, John, you absolute idiot! The voice is coming from the other side of that there brush, now disembodied voice. I assume you're either God or the Holy Spirit come to guide us to Providence.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, however, I'd be happier if we found a bird instead of Rhode Island.
0: I'm no ghost at all. I'm Jan Klugman, last of the Swedish Expeditionary Force. My God, this jungle. It can swallow up all teams of men.
3: Not unlike our modern cities, which may not kill physically, but they're harsh. Yes, John, very good.
2: Now, Mr. Klugman, what I want to know... Can you move to the side of the bush, please? What I want to know is have you or any member of your team spied the Chinook?
0: Of course, that was the primary purpose of our expedition. However, once we entered the jungle, something strange happened.
2: Believe me, I was surprised myself when the road stopped.
0: Stranger than that.
2: Mild changes in the temperature based on the shading of the canopy.
0: Stranger than any of that. The hull of the expedition began to believe that they had always been a part of the jungle. That they were tribesmen, born and bred here, Deep in the lungs of the world.
2: All right, that's interesting, sure. But I feel you've strayed pretty far from answering my question about the bird.
0: Oh, sorry, yes, of course. Uh, To tell you the truth, I was just a cook. I really don't even know what it looks like.
2: John, show him the field sketches.
0: Wow, those are some lovely landscapes.
2: Thank you, I recently started working with charcoals. Now, John, show him the sketches of the Chinook and the photographs of the feathers.
0: My word, these feathers. I've seen them before. I know exactly where they are from. My goodness. The team must have found the bird.
2: Take us! I don't care how far, I don't care how long it takes. If you've seen this thing in person, why we... No, I. I will be the most legendary hunter of all time.
0: I will take you to the chief. The chief? Yes, when we set out on our voyage, he was Gornuthgard. But once the madness set in, he became the chief of the tribe. His personality so twisted, his mind so corrupted, by the unending jungle. that- Yeah, sure, whatever. Just take us. Oh, I'll I'll take you to see the chief. But you're not going to like what he does to you. That's totally fine. No, 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 you don't get it. I'll take you, but you're not going to like what he does. But I'll take you to him.
2: Yeah, that's totally fine. John, it's okay with you.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. No, 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 no. You're not getting it. You're not going to like what he does... But I will take you to him.
2: Look, I've been tortured before, and it's not really that big a deal.
0: Let me explain. It begins at four each morning when the chief wakes up. He's an early riser, you must understand. Then he goes around pestering the whole village about not waking up. There's nothing to do. It's still dark out, even. But he still gets up and calls you a lazy bones for not also getting up. Then... Look, he- we've been through... Let me finish... Then around 8.30, or sometimes 9, everyone else gets up and the chief, why, he's grown a powerful anger born of the hunger that comes from waiting five or so hours for breakfast.
2: Please speed it up and get to the bird.
0: Let me finish. I'm almost done. Then he's going to take a knife and shave the bottom of your feet. He's going to what? I said you're not going to like what he does. Now please stop interrupting. He's going to take you out to lunch, and he's only going to tip like 2 or 3 percent. It would almost be better if he just didn't tip at all, but he still does and it's very insulting. Alright? That's just the way things are, okay? He's going to tip very little, and that's after sending back a meal that he's almost completely finished. Then he's going to put a cigarette out in the mashed potatoes he ordered for the table.
2: Why would he order mashed potatoes for lunch?
0: You're dealing with a man that wakes up at 4 a.m. Your lunch is like his dinner. He also orders them as a side to his fettuccine Alfredo. Like I said, you're not going to like what he does. (laughs) Now. And it goes on like that for several more minutes. My apologies, listener, but I thought I had cut out all that talk, but evidently some slipped past me. Some might call that a mistake, but then again I don't make mistakes, so very likely there was some reason I left it in. I suppose the reason for it was that you deserved it. Yes, you deserve to hear all that nonsense about the chief of an unknown tribe. They are unknown, of course, because I already cut out the part where they say their name. Uh, no loss, really. Anyway, after he describes all the apparent horrors of the chief, they eventually reach the tribe, and then all the horrors play out in real time. After about 45 minutes of that, we get to the next scene uh, with any actual story. So here now, we return to the action.
4: Welcome. Now that you have endured the trials, I can formally welcome you to the tribe. What is it exactly you want to know?
2: (gasps) We come in search of the rare Chinook eagle, the same eagle from whose feathers you have fashioned your crown.
4: I understand. You would like for me to reveal to you the location of our most sacred and revered leader.
2: Your leader?
4: The Chinook. The King of Kings, the great and mighty spirit guide, in whose image we are all fashioned. No, we don't look anything like birds. He is a poor artist, what with the no thumbs and all that.
3: Oh, of course, I forgot to look at things from a different perspective, a fatal flaw that befalls all men at some point.
2: Well, anyway, yes, that's what we want to see, the bird, however godly or not it may be.
4: Only, the chief may look upon a god, however, if you truly wish to see him, there is a way.
2: You know, at this point, whatever it takes to wrap this thing up would be great.
4: Are you familiar with the Mongolian Khanate system?
2: You don't mean kurultai?
4: Yes, a kurultai shall decide our mutual fate, and to some extent, the fate of this whole village.
2: Alright, who ends the election? Pardon? The election we've already got all the major clan leaders here!
4: Maybe I'm thinking of something different. What's the one where there's a battle to the death?
2: no uh, John?
4: Oh, I-, I can't think of any real life examples of that. Alright then. There will be a battle to the death. The winner shall be declared the chief and then he, meaning me, we'll be allowed to look upon the bird.
2: Deal, what are the terms?
4: What does it matter? You already said deal.
2: So I did, let's though, suppose I didn't and it was really up in the air whether or not I was going to agree to this thing.
4: Oh, uh, of course, well in that case, it is a really simple sort of thing, you and me. We each get three days to prepare the land for our battle, set traps, stuff like this. Then on the fourth day, we each meet back here, Then, we have battle to decide who will get a head start. Then, we have a battle to decide how much of a head start that person gets. Then, there is the battle to decide whose traps we're allowed to use. Then, of course, there is the battle.
2: What if we just both shut our eyes and run while counting to a hundred?
4: This goes against every tradition we've established since we built this village three weeks ago. However, I will accept. Deal! Then let the games commence. And let me, Chief Huberus the Great and powerful, be declared the winner.
0: And begin.
2: 98. 89... 100! All right, now to just open my eyes. Let's see, I've got trees, and grass, and dirt. Maybe I can fashion a gun out of these twigs, and no! I have to remember how to hunt without a gun. Think, Rainsford, think. The last time you didn't have a gun, you were... Five years old, and you were... Come on, you were fishing, of course. Now, when fishing, you use... He's found me! But how?
0: You ran in a big circle.
2: Right, calm down now. You, you've been running for two solid days. You've got nowhere left to hide but the endless jungle. You're basically totally out of options. No, this is supposed to calm me down, but I'm just making myself go into
4: a delirious panic. Olivia Rainsbird. Oh, God. You can't hide from me any longer. I know you're hiding underneath that leaf.
2: No, this is a different person.
4: No, the different person is under that other leaf. This one's you.
2: All right, so this is it.
4: I will give you a moment to think of your last words.
2: I've already got them planned out.
4: Speak them, and I shall carry your memory into the great hereafter. Eat lead! Oh! Of course, my one weakness. But how did you know?
2: Every hunter comes better prepared than its prey.
4: That makes sense.
3: Well, you've done it. You're the chief of the largest non native tribe in the Amazon. But where is that beard? Right here! In me pocket.
2: Yes, I killed it days before we got here. I just wanted to make sure there weren't any others. And now that the only person on earth who knows where it could have been no longer is capable of saying where it may have been once it had been at any given time, then I suppose it would be safe for us to then assume that this one, being the only one which any knows of, or at least knows the location thereof, what I'm trying to say is it's the last one.
3: Well played, Miss Reinsford.
2: Not really. It was completely unfair from the start.
0: And there you have it. Is the Chinook still out there? Does Olivia go on to be the greatest chief in the tribes of history? All good questions. Questions that can be answered in my new book, The Life and Times of Olivia Rainsford P.I., a book I wrote last summer while vacationing in the most tropical of locales, Lake Michigan. Be sure to tune in next week where we adapt another one of my novels, The Missing Spoon, Where a down on his luck billionaire realizes that one of his spoons is missing, only to discover that it was in his pocket the whole time. But that will, of course, have to wait until the next in our series of stories entitled, It Was in Their Pocket the Whole Time. Good night.